Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Footwork is brought to you by... The Talent Project is America's bridge to Europe for the elite few, providing opportunities for young American players that they can't get in the United States. We're looking for a few good men. Visit us at www.talentproject.com and see if you qualify. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Dubie Koba is a 25-year-old American currently playing football in Hungary's top division. Despite having an injury-plagued senior year at Dartmouth College, he was drafted by FC Dallas only to be held back by injuries once again. He then made the jump to Europe, playing in Hungary's top division. He has since played two seasons in Slovakia before returning to Hungary, where he is currently in the Golden Boot race with 10 goals in 15 games this season. His humbleness and gratitude is noticeable throughout the conversation. He also has developed the mentality to focus on the simple, small steps first, which in time lead to leaps and bounds. Iduvie Koba, welcome to Footwork. <laughs> okay, thank you. It's nice to be here. <laughs> Very nice. So we always start off with this. Our motto here at Footwork is make your own path. And someone who's had the journey you've had going across you know, the sea, going abroad and everything, what does that mean to you? What does making your own path mean to you? I think it's a it's a perfect phrase for how my experience as a professional has been so far. I don't really have a conventional route to playing, but um, I've been lucky to have the chances that I have had, and I try to improve every day and continue to push myself to reach the the highest level possible. You know, this was my goal all my childhood and also into university, and I'm glad I have a chance to live it. Love that. Now, before we dive deeper into some of the topics, um, who are you? Where were you? And where are you going? Okay, who am I? I'll start. I, uh, it gets deep right in the beginning, right? Um, I'm, uh, I grew up in a family of with uh, six other siblings, and then my mom and dad also. We live in Alabama right now. Or I guess everyone's spread out all over the country. Um, but uh, I'm a football player. I, uh, I grew up a pretty normal life in the U.S., in Iowa, actually, and then moved to Alabama then went to Dartmouth for university and now I'm playing in Europe in Hungary. And the next question, okay, that was who I am. Who are you? Where were you? I think you got that too. And then where where are you going? going? So where I'm going, I'm not quite sure yet. My goal is just to, with football at least, to make it to the highest level possible. Uh, You know, all kids have a dream to play in the big stages and for me to have the chance to try to reach that is it's really motivating to me. So every day I wake up and try to push myself towards that. So it's more, I mean, we kind of talk about this too. This seems right fitting kind of with what we sometimes preach on here is it's more, it's not as much about like the destination of having this, this end goal, like I need to get to this point. It's more like doing everything you can to get to the highest level possible. And if you do all those correct steps, you'll get there. Right. Yeah, I agree 100%, you know, and for me, I take a lot of a lot of uh, joy just from the journey that I'm on right now. We're lucky, I'm lucky to be at this stage in my life where I don't know what's happening, but I'm blessed to be able to play professionally. And this is what I dreamed of as a kid, which I feel like a lot of my friends and just people I know that went to university or grew up playing don't have the opportunity to do. So I'm really thankful for that always. And yeah, like I said, I, I want to push myself to the highest level. And if I can achieve that someday, it would be great. And even if not, I'm enjoying my uh, the journey there. Couldn't agree more. Love that mindset, yeah. too. So let's start with now, then. We'll come back throughout the journey, but let's start with now. I mean, it's been an interesting, I guess, it's certainly rare. It's been a long break with the World Cup and with the winter break and everything going on. I'm not sure if this is how Hungary usually is, but doing some research before this, it said your last game was in mid-November is that that's correct right yeah I think typically it's been okay I played in Hungary and Slovakia so typically it's been like we play until the middle of December then maybe Mm -hmm. have three weeks of break or around a month of break and usually because it's too cold to start the beginning of January we wait until late January early February so uh, in that sense it's similar that we're starting at the end of January but it was a little bit weirder to have an extra month 
So what did you do during this month? Did you get some a chance to go back to the USA, visit family and friends and stuff like that? Were you training? What was what was going on? I uh, I actually what what our club did is they had us train for a month and play one or two friendlies in the time leading up to the World Cup and maybe during the first week of the World Cup and then we left in the middle of December. So we still had the vacation for the same amount of time as normal, but it was strange, definitely training and playing in friendly matches without a game in sight. So it was, yeah, it was complicated, but I was glad that I got to watch the World Cup fully and had a chance to kind of relax and focus on things that I wouldn't if we had games week in and week out. And how are you feeling going into the second half of the season personally and as a team? I'm personally really excited because I've been I haven't played a real game in a couple months now and uh for me it's I love to compete so I can't wait to start playing again and our first match should be on Tuesday against the champions of our league which will be really Ooh. fun for me interesting. Uh I think it'll be motivation for the whole team because now we have a pretty young team and the goal is just for all of us to develop so we try to work hard and push ourselves towards that and it's nice when we can see it finally start to show off so Hopefully we'll continue and maybe we can get a good spot in the league and maybe have success in the cup too. How do you, how do you uh, approach seasons? Do you make personal goals? Do you put out a certain amount of goals? Are you looking more like kind of like we said more with the process in terms of setting your goals, little things, each training, each game. Um, how do you kind of approach the season? And then how did you approach this coming back after this break? Yeah. I mean, This season was a little bit unique for me because I had tried to set goals before, but I don't think I've ever been as focused as I have at the start of the season. I know in July, I already sat down before we, before I did a training and said, okay, I have these benchmarks that I want to accomplish this uh, specific season. Um, And I had different like uh, categories. So like, for example, I wanted to score a lot of goals this season. And so like the first benchmark was seven then 10, then 15, you know. And so it's nice to be able to see that I'm catching each of the goals and I'm at different stages as well. And so for that, it's been really motivational. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a new experience for me. And I'm glad that I can, that I can uh, see where I, how I've progressed. And when you reach their goals, are you constantly creating new ones to continue to push yourself? Because like you said, you, you enjoy the journey, not necessarily just getting to a specific endpoint. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm, I'm like an internal, I'm internally driven. So I, I definitely change goals as I go or now uh, my goal was to have like a certain number of goals, but I have a chance to maybe be top scorer here in Hungary. So that's something that I've kind of gained interest in. And personally, now I'm motivated to try to reach that. Um, yeah. If I, if I can accomplish it, it's good. And even if I don't, I think it's going to help me to be focused in each of the matches and it definitely is something that I feel like I can achieve. And for sure, from what I've learned just through a lot of the different sports psychologists I've talked with, it can be a beneficial thing for uh, improvement and also to see growth. If you don't mind talking a little bit about it, how, how long have you been, or if you're not right now, but how often have you talked to a sports psychologist and how do you feel like that's helped you in your game? Cause we talked to a lot. We had one on here, Dan Abrahams, who's pretty famous and, in Britain helped guys like Gareth Bale and things like that. We had him on the pod and we got a really good feedback from that episode. A lot of guys trying some of his techniques, uh, you know, game face, things like this. And then, you know, I think it can be a little bit of a stigma, especially, I think it's growing, but obviously in athletics, it still can be a little bit macho in terms of not speaking out or not knowing when you need help or not just being able to talk to someone. So yeah, if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about your relationship with sports psychology. Yeah, you know, it always interested me because I wanted to be able to play at my full ability. And um, I, I had like a former coach in university who's working as a sports psychologist and coach as well. And so I talk with him a lot. I have a really good relationship with him. Uh, so he shared a lot of these things, uh, these goals that I can set for myself and just given me positive advice that I try to listen to. I've also read a lot of different sports psychology books. I don't know if you guys have read this book, Relentless, by Tim Glover. Tim Grover. It's called, yeah. yeah, or Tim Grover. I mean, yeah, it's mm-hmm. the for. I think he's like the former uh, trainer individually for Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, a lot of other big-time basketball players. And uh, it always interested me to see how these like top players were thinking 
and I wanted to try to do the same things. And I feel like it's working for myself. So yeah, I'm always ready to hear different advice and different thoughts. And a lot of it has been successful so far. So I would say that for people who try it, they would definitely say the same things. And uh, I don't think it can hurt to try different things uh, that would yeah. benefit your career. Footwork.club, the official website for all things footwork is now live. Check out all Footwork podcast content, including episodes, guest features, and YouTube videos. The Press, a section with written articles, interviews, and blogs from ourselves and guests. Game Time, updates about our season in Germany and what's going on behind the microphone. Want to go pro? Dedicated to helping soccer players follow their dreams with helpful info and our consultation sign-up. That's a free video call with us to connect and ask anything. And of course, the Footwork Shop. We got some of the best merch around as well as free PDF templates like a CV builder and much more. So join the club at footwork.club. Did you always have that mentality? I think I was motivated. Always I wanted to be the best and wanted to be successful, but it was a little bit unrefined, you know. Mm -hmm. I really had to go through different experiences, different disappointments and those really shaped me into who I am today and having the mentality I have today because without those you never really would know how much how important it is to prioritize little things like setting goals and being disciplined in matters off the field as well so I would say that yeah it's definitely grown throughout the time uh, I've been playing but um, I'm thankful for all the difficult experiences too Speaking about difficult experiences, I know as a forward, it can be, and it hasn't happened this season, thankfully. I mean, you've had 10 goals and I think 10 goals and 13 appearances. So the goals are coming. But as a forward, there's always that pressure. And that pressure can sometimes heighten, especially when there's those droughts or when there's those feeling that a drought might come. So how do you kind of balance the two? Because right now you've you've had a really good season in terms of goals, but I'm sure there's been seasons or periods where there has been a little bit of a drought. So how do you kind of flip that as best as you can? Because it's very easy to kind of get into that, you know, you're digging your hole deeper in terms of I have to score a goal, I have to score a goal. When you put that much pressure on yourself, you're not playing as freely, you're not playing your game anymore. So that's kind of what I think forwards especially can struggle with. So how have you kind of came back across that and, and been able to, to work through it? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been kind of just through uh, through experience, you know. There were times in my career where I couldn't score for a long amount of games, and I would always think to myself, when I'm on the pitch, oh, my God, I have to score, you know, I have to do something. And like you said, it usually forces the people, forces the players to be focused on things outside of their control, maybe to an extent. So the way I look at it now is just I, I look at each game and I tell myself, okay, give – 100%, give your best effort, focus. I still try to focus on the things that I want in training. So I'm doing extra finishing, of course, and I'm trying to improve different areas of my own game. But I know that when I step on the pitch, all I have to do is just try my best. And most of the time, that's enough. And it's enough for me to have the best performance capable I'm capable of. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely grown over time, but I'm happy now with just giving 100%. Good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's very well said. And just to stay on this forward talk, especially there's a, a big thing with visualizing goals, like visualizing games and everything like that. And I think it's great. I think sometimes as players, we want to visualize hitting that 20-yard-out 20, 20 stinger, you know, that volley, the bicycle kick, these very difficult goals, which can happen. We've all had some great ones over the years, but – I mean, just reading into your season, I think six of your first seven goals were from headers. So it just shows you the art of goal scoring really isn't about those wonder goals all the time. It's about being in the right place. So what have you kind of learned through the years in terms of knowing to get in between the post, being a poacher at times, linking play? Like, What is your advice to, I guess, aspiring forwards about the art of goal scoring? It was funny that you mentioned it because this is exactly what I was dealing with many times in my like uh, in my young in the early part of my career. Um, I had a friend that used to tell me like you're only scoring headers. Why don't you try to score other kind of goals too? You know you don't want people to think that you're uh, like a boring poacher or something. 
And I felt like whenever I tried to do these exceptional goals, they a lot of them ended pretty poorly and coaches were like, what are you doing? You need to just focus on what you can control. And I feel like when I focused on the the more the boring parts of being a striker, making the runs in the box at the right time, focusing on the technique with simple things like headers or finishes one touch in the box, it really gave me more confidence because the more goals I was scoring, the more free the freer I felt on the pitch. And then after that, I felt like the bigger goals or the better goals started to come more naturally just because there wasn't so much pressure. So it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely funny. And it's, it's not something that would come directly to uh, someone without that experience. But I think personally that it's when you have the simple goals, then it gives you more freedom and then you're able to do things outside of that, that, that are, uh, I don't know how to describe that are outside of most people's level of comfort, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm, right. you have to have that comfort already, and that's why now I focus on a lot of the simple things, like you said, linking up, uh, just being in the right place in the box. Because nine times out of ten, the ball doesn't come, but for the one time it comes, if you're always consistent in making the runs, then you finish the season with a lot of goals. And someone I always look at as well is Howland. He's obviously very fast. He's technical. He scored a lot of amazing goals. But I check sometimes at the number of goals he scores in a majority of them in Dortmund, or in, maybe even in City now too, were just runs in the box, being at the right place, beating the runners. And when someone finishes with 30 goals and you have like 15 of them from just being consistent, then of course, nobody's going to say this is not a good player, you know? Of course. Well yeah, said. I mean, just to, to say on Holland, like at City, I mean, obviously it's City, so it's it's a bit of a different team, but... Sometimes yeah. he has the least amount of touches on, on the field. Yeah. But that one touch happens. That one touch exactly. is the goal. Yeah. I don't even like the word happens, to be honest with you. I mean, it's like, it's I not think saying that, that it's a negative easy. connotation. It's not saying it's yeah. easy, but it's. Well, a tap in sounds a like it's easy. Like, if you're talking it's golf, not. a tap in, a tap in is like a, a two inch putt, you know? Yeah. I think it's like the poaching idea. I think that is such an art to be able to be within the post, to know when to make the runs. Not always coming deep, only like knowing when to come deep to, to, to help your team through a buildup, but knowing your job and what can change the game is getting right in there in the six in front of the penalty spot and one touch goals. I mean, that is what every team needs. Every team is looking for a forward that can do that. Yeah. And it, it's funny that you mentioned that, actually, because I've noticed, especially this season, that when the game is zero zero or maybe we're losing, teams are usually more defensively organized. They're more disciplined mm-hmm. because they're looking for a result. But when we get the first goal or when we have a lead, it starts to open up the game and there's more space to be creative as well. So I caught on to it. I think probably within the first couple games this season that it, it's really big and hungry. If we have a 1-0 lead, then a lot of teams put all their efforts into scoring an equalizer and that leaves a lot of space for one-on-ones and for creative link-up play. And so... I've just noticed that that's when I can show myself more when you do the boring stuff first. Brilliant. Well, so it's phases of a game, right? And yeah. like you said, you've, you've noticed it changes. Now, coming back, we want to learn a bit more about the beginnings. What what started you off with footy and eventually led to your, uh, your decision to go to Dartmouth? Can you walk us through that? Yeah. So, like I said, I had a large family. I had three brothers and two sisters. And all of us loved, I loved soccer growing up. And I think a lot of my younger siblings just followed because I was doing it. So we would spend a lot of time playing with each other in the in our front yard. And it's funny now because my younger brother is playing professionally uh, for Portland Timbers. And then I have a brother in high school who's also, it seems like could be on the same path. And it's, uh, it's funny because we all got a lot of talent and ability from just playing with each other and having fun in the summers because there was not always so much to do and we were not looking at it as training or something but yeah I think from as early as I can remember I enjoyed watching soccer playing and it was the hobby that I did everywhere and uh, I always knew I wanted to play professionally so I wanted to play in college soccer because I didn't come from uh, from any of the academy systems in Iowa we were pretty far from all the academies nearby and then I moved to Alabama my junior year of high school and I don't even think there was an academy nearby. And at that time, I had already kind of set myself on going to university and playing. Um, so my parents were big advocates on education as well. So I thought for myself that 
if I can get a good education, then it will free me to the, the opportunity to try to pursue a professional career somewhere. And luckily, it's I'm thankful for that because it's given me a lot of uh, a lot of freedom in trying to pursue my goals, knowing that I have a backup in case I have some injury or things don't go well. I mean, speaking of injuries, it seemed like uh, I mean, at Dartmouth, I think your senior year, you were plagued a little bit and then weren't able to play as much. I know there was a trial with FC Dallas after being selected in the in the super draft. So. I mean, what was your mentality like during those periods, especially and we'll get into the second time, too, but especially then, because, you know, these are such crucial times, your senior year, your first trial with a professional team, I assume. And, you know, they're not going as you like because you can't show yourself your full self. So where was your mentality like that mentality, like injuries at such a young age? Yeah, it was it was not easy to deal with because going into my senior year, I had an expectation that maybe I could score a lot of goals and give myself a chance to, to go to the MLS combine and then be drafted. And I feel, I think I only played the last five games of the season. And at that point, honestly, I thought maybe it's, it's uh, impossible for me to make the combine or something. So I, I played with a lot of freedom. I just wanted to enjoy the time that I was still playing with my teammates. And uh, I was, lucky and thankful that I got selected to the combine. I did well in those last few games and it was enough for people to notice. Uh, so I went and then, or I heard that I was selected and then like a month before the combine, I tore my hamstring again. So it was a little bit disappointing because at that point I had been training for it. Um, and by the time the combine started, I was, I think I had only been healthy for maybe a day and a lot of the time before I was just only able to do rehab and not so much else. And I definitely felt out of shape at the combine, but I said, okay, this is an experience for me. Just try to do your best and see what happens. And I got drafted by FC Dallas and I, I tried my best there as well. And I think that I did all right. And I felt personally like I was capable of playing at the level, but the last week there, I was not able to train because of the same hamstring injury. So yeah, they uh, they decided not to sign me. But for me, honestly, it was a motivational experience because I felt like I had the ability to play at that level. And I was definitely intrigued and wanted to pursue it more. And so I knew I still had a term left in university. So I went back to finish it and then told myself that I'll see what happens in the summer if there's a possibility to go somewhere. After this time, did you start to look more at rehab, about injury prevention, a little bit more and take it a little bit more seriously maybe than you would have had. Cause sometimes that can be a little bit of a blessing in disguise, having injuries a, a little earlier in the career to help you take it really seriously to prolong the career when it gets, you know, even, even more strenuous. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, going into university, I really was not serious when it came to stretching just taking care of my body. I was eating whatever I wanted and I was playing high school soccer leading into university. So I was having fun, you know, drinking soda. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, All the sugary, life. everything. Yeah. And, uh, it was funny because I, I, I heard that people were taking things more seriously. We had times where we were supposed to stretch and obviously the, the facilities, the rehab, the physios there were at a much higher level than I'd ever experienced. But um, it was not something that really clicked to me until I had a few injuries in college. And definitely after the injuries I had in my senior year, I learned how to take care of myself, how to do like uh, how to like fix imbalances in my muscles by just doing workouts and also taking recovery seriously with ice baths. And now I, I get treatment a lot of the time, massages, go to the sauna and always try to strengthen myself in different areas to make sure that I'm ready to play. I'd also say that I'm smarter now because I'm more aware of what my body's telling me. And if I feel like I'm at a point where I have to stop or slow down, then I'm, I'm definitely a lot more likely to do that than I would have been just uh, coming into university. Right. Comes with experience. And then you finish that term at uh, Dartmouth and then you go from trialing with FC Dallas to Hungary. How did this come about and where was your mind at? Yeah, this is this is the funny part always because it's it's really an unconventional route. But my ex-girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time was Hungarian and she graduated a little bit before me. So um, we met in university and I would visit sometimes in the winters or during the vacation periods. And she was playing basketball there. So 
when I went to visit, sometimes I would have conversations and one of her sports directors at the time happened to have a connection with the team in Hungary. So we talked for a while and he knew that I didn't have a team. So he said, well, I can connect you with this team in Hungary for a trial at least and see how things go from there. And so I said, okay, this could be a good opportunity to start my career. It's quite an advantage to have a chance to start in the first division of the league in Europe because opportunities are definitely hard to come by. So I went there and gave my best and luckily they signed me. But uh, yeah, it's always strange to explain because it's it's not conventional at all. Yeah. I didn't really have an agent that brought me there or something. Yeah. It was just by chance. So I'm thankful for that. You never know who a connection is going to be really, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You never know. You never <laughs> yeah. know. But yeah. where, I mean, so was there ever a thought in your mind, like, this is maybe too much, like maybe this is too scary, you know, moving away, starting a new life from everything you had known? I mean, obviously your girlfriend at the time was there and that bring some, you know, a bit of comfort, but you're going to a different part, a different culture, a different style, different language, different everything. Did that cross your mind as something scary or something that you were really intrigued to just try? Honestly, yes, it, w- it was extremely scary for me. You know, <laughs> I knew nothing about Eastern Europe. If you had told me a year before, a couple years before I met my girlfriend that I would be there, my ex-girlfriend that I'd be there, I would have said that's impossible, no chance. (laughs) But um, I I knew that I wanted to play in Europe because I felt like if I came to the MLS or second division, it would be kind of taking the common path, you know? Mm. And so I wanted to make a path for my own and do something unique, something where I have the chance to continue going up in levels because I know in the U.S. there's USL and then there was MLS. And at the time, it's really just these two leagues that, college players are looking to get into um so yeah i felt like in europe you have a lot of different ranges of leagues and i felt like that was the best way to develop and i'm thankful for making that decision although it was not so easy and although it was a huge culture shock when i got here uh just because i feel like now i've improved in a way that maybe i wouldn't have had the chance to if i stayed home yeah and that transition into europe we always find fascinating to talk to players about because it's not only that the soccer or the football is different, but there's a language barrier. Certainly in Hungary, there is, uh, you have cu- cultural differences, um, the way they approach the game and training, training facilities. And it's something that most Americans just don't know anything about. Um, and like you said, it can be difficult in the beginning, but when you look back at it, it's a great experience. Oh, it's, um, yeah, it was definitely not easy. And still with the language, it's not easy. There's a lot of times where I mostly use body language to explain what I want at the grocery store or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like the biggest thing that helped me there was just being willing to adapt and willing to learn about a different culture. Um, I feel like a lot of people in all parts of Europe that I've been to so far are open to help and also share their culture with you if you show an openness and respect for who they are and where they come from. Certainly. Yeah, it's something that's definitely benefited me. And I would advise everyone to be like this anyways, just because yeah. we're all different in different ways. But yeah, I'm thankful for all the experience I've had in that sense too. Do you know, do you know a bit of Hungarian then? Yeah, believe it or not, I do. Uh, my current girlfriend is actually Hungarian as well. So okay. her parents don't really speak English and uh, oh, so you gotta step. You gotta step up in the game. You gotta step yeah. up the game. Yeah, it's it's not easy at all. No, <laughs> it's, it's get really it. tough language, honestly. If it had been like French or Spanish or something, then yeah. okay, you learn them in school. But I don't think anyone in the U.S. grows up learning anything about Hungarian. So no, definitely you know, not. At this, point, at this point, I know enough to survive, but uh-huh. I am nowhere close to fluent. So is like, I'm just interested in languages too. So is like the structure, the grammar, like everything, is it just completely different in terms of like a sentence structure? Yeah, I think uh, the strange thing is that it doesn't originate from Latin. You know, okay, like yeah. French, Spanish, mm-hmm. German, all these languages, they originate from Latin. So at least you kind of understand how to pronounce the words and you the sentence structures are different by each language, but they're not so far off. At least mm-hmm. for me, growing up learning different languages in school, it was not so difficult but hungarian it's like i think okay. they don't even know where hungarian originates from it's like maybe asia <laughs> I just, look, maybe I just like looked Mongolia. it up the crazy yeah. where does it know where does it you know ogric yeah it's like a mix like yeah, yeah. siberia 
they, yeah, they, it's, they don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy because even um, when I was in Slovakia, at least there were similarities with Slovakian and all the other Balkan countries. Mm-hmm. They have some similarities there. But when we talked about Hungary, they would always say, yeah, these people, we don't know where they come from or where their language comes from. It does not sound anything like what we speak. And yeah, I definitely felt that because it was, uh, I, I just, uh, I wish there were some words that I could show to you to try to pronounce yourselves because when you look at them, sometimes you just have no just clue. Blank. Yeah. And I bet it's one of those things you start, you try to pronounce something and a lot of guys will start laughing or something like that. Like. What did you what did you just try and say? Yeah. I mean, for me, I like I really had to study it. There was a time where I had like a textbook that was explaining like words and translations from English to Hungarian. I would spend like a lot of time just looking at it, trying to get the pronunciations right. And so now at least I can pronounce things in a way that's hopefully enough that people can understand me. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, honestly, the first thing I ask is if someone speaks English, because I definitely feel more confident in their knowledge of English than mine. In Hungary. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. What is the what is the percentage of like English, would you say, like, especially younger people? Do most know a bit or? I think the younger people all speak a good amount of English. Mm-hmm. But with like the middle aged and older generations, it's very rare that I come across someone, especially in the city that I live in. In Budapest, it's a little bit different because it's a capital and right. there's a lot of internationals uh, living there. But I'm uh, in a much more remote area of the country, so there's normally no chance. But I guess now for like daily tasks that I have to accomplish, like getting groceries or talking with people, I know enough just to basically explain myself in simple, yeah. in simple mm-hmm. terms. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you ever had that run-in at the grocery store where they say something you, you didn't think they were going to say and then you start panicking that was me the first year in germany for sure yeah. <laughs> you have it all planned out you know what i mean you're like you have the speech yeah. you're like okay this yeah. this that's receipt and they say something else and you're like ooh. <laughs> yeah it's uh that that was me you know because when i first came here i learned how to say i want and then Maybe I knew like a couple words. So if I wanted water, I want like any sort of like bees. I want water. But if someone responds with like yes or no, it's fine. But if they give like a sentence back or ask more, then I yeah. just you want sparkling like, or yeah, still? So I totally get that. Wait, yeah. what's water? What's water again? V's. V's. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Very uh, nice. All right. Languages, we could, yeah. we could go all day about it. It's fascinating, yeah. but let's come, it's let's come back story. to the field. That first, I guess, I mean, even in training camp and all of that, but more so just the first season, first year there, how did that go for you? How was that transitioning into the fields and then, you know, trying to make your name in European football? Well, I, yeah, I knew for sure that it was going to be a big difference. Um, I felt like in the U.S. we focus more on athleticism and individual yeah. talent. Like in the MLS, we have players now that have played at every level, Champions mm-hmm. League, World Cups, and uh, there's no denying that it has better players than in the Hungarian League. But I think the, the football education here is a little bit different because from a young age, everyone is in the academy and they focus heavily on tactics, also technique, the runs to make. And that was the hardest part for me to adapt to. So... I remember like the first week of preseason feeling completely overwhelmed. Like, wow, these are some of the best players I've played with in my life. Like, I, I don't know how I'm going to catch up. And also in my first home game as a professional with the fans, even though it was maybe like 2,000 or 3,000, the culture makes it so that they're all loud. They're all like making noise throughout the whole game. And I felt a lot of nerves and felt like, wow, is it, am I really going to be able to play at this level? But um I think the biggest thing was just believing in myself, knowing that I'm not finished uh, in my development yet. So just trying to be humble and trying to learn from like the older players and from coaches as well. And uh, I I know it benefited me a lot. Even now, I don't feel like I'm complete. I feel like there's things I can improve. But I know that if I get comfortable or I feel like, okay, I'm there, then there's no chance. But listening makes a big difference. I totally relate to that. Was there ever a point in that season where you thought like, okay, I've, I've experienced this European thing. I'm going to go back to the U S for me, honestly, no, because I, uh, I, I wasn't so successful in my first season, but I had four goals 
from the league and then four in the cup. So already in the summer after uh, after the season, there was interest from like bigger leagues in Europe. And for me, it was much better than to, uh, than to go home. You know, I have a degree in engineering, but I don't really feel like it's something that I would want to do. Um, yeah, school was definitely a struggle for me. I, I enjoyed okay. it, but it was not uh, it was not easy. And I feel like I had a I was blessed, you know, to be able to wake up every day and train and play the sport that I've been playing my whole life. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to keep going. I still like felt really committed to the goal that I that I had from childhood. And then after that season, you end up deciding to go to Slovakia. So how did this come about and how did you approach it after having the experience already of adapting to, you know, the Hungarian league and the Hungarian culture? Yeah. I mean, what I knew about the club that I went to, IS Trenchin, is that they were known for developing young players. Mm -hmm. uh, the way they worked in training and also the philosophy they had uh, in the matches was just really focused on progressing the players. And I felt like I was at a good level, but I don't think I was ready to go already to a higher league uh, because I knew there were things I wanted to improve in my game. So even though it seemed to maybe like a step down, I felt like, or a level step with Hungary, I felt like um, it would be the best place for me to grow. And um, yeah, I went there and it was not easy in any sense, but uh, I still feel like it was an okay decision for me. What were some of the challenges you faced there? Yeah, like um, the hardest thing was just that it was... Uh, the players that I was around were all very young, very talented, very hungry. The coaches were always pushing us because uh, it was part of the club's philosophy. So there were times when I was really exhausted mentally and physically. And um, it was a big shift in like the type of coaching I'd received uh, in the U.S. and definitely in Hungary. But it's, uh, it definitely made me a better player because I had to really grow and just deal with some of the tough parts of football, which are, mm -hmm. the I mean, the hard work, the fitness that you do, the training. And it was there that I began to appreciate how important it is to outwork opponents, you know. And it was around that time that I was also reading books um, like Relentless that talked about the difference in Michael Jordan and Kobe being that they were more focused and more committed to reaching their goals. So. Yeah, the two went hand in hand, but it's definitely not easy in any sense. And yeah, I, I hated it at some points, honestly, <laughs> having like double sessions almost every week and uh, a lot of running and trainings being very intense. It's not easy at all, but um, it definitely grew me. It forced me to become more serious, more disciplined, uh, stronger mentally. And for that, I'm really thankful. How did you find the footy in terms of, I guess, in comparison to us and then hungary what are the kind of the similarities and differences there well i would say that in the u.s there's like i said earlier the players the individual players maybe have more ability with the ball and more mm -hmm. creativity and i think in mls for sure there's a higher quality of players but in hungary it's difficult to score goals and difficult to break down teams because they're very organized and I, I think it's similar in most of Europe, but um, everyone has a position on the field where they're supposed to be in. And I think people in Hungary recognize the different places and the patterns that they're supposed to do from the coach. And uh, it, it makes it challenging for sure. I know there's a couple players in the MLS that are Hungarian that played in Hungary as well. And I think that the level of success they've had in Hungary has been similar to the level they've had in the U.S. So it seems like maybe the leagues are not so different, mm. but at the same time, they're, they have, okay. Yeah, they're, they're not so different, but they have um, things that make them unique. You know? Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so you were, there for, you were there for two years in Slovakia, correct? Yeah, yeah. And after the first season, was there any new challenges or new things that you faced or did you, were you able to adapt better the second year and kind of play your own game? How did, how did that transition? I think um, the first year was difficult. I was playing as a substitute off the bench. A lot of the time mm -hmm. I started games near the end of the season. So I had maybe some options to go in the summer after the first year there, 
but I wanted to stay for the second year because I wanted to continue developing. And then if I were to transfer, transfer to a team of a much higher quality um, in a much better league. Uh, so that was the plan, but it was a little bit unfortunate because I was dealing with an injury coming back into preseason. And then I think the week of uh, the week leading up to the season, I had COVID or I was sick and um yeah, it was tough because I was hoping to start as a regular player at that point, but I didn't really have the chance. I kind of missed the opportunity by being injured and also having different health issues. So, yeah, it was tough for me mentally, but also it, it definitely forced me to grow and to try to keep mentally mentally disciplined at the same time. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think a lot of these times these dark points can kind of really help shape us or help build us and, you know, grow and expand our comfort zone and grow and expand us in terms of our mental strength and our ability to push through when, you know, inconveniences may come later because you've already, you've adapted through one that was very hard. So the other ones can sometimes look a bit easier, like, okay, I've been through this. I can do this again. Have you felt like that really helped you be able to take on new challenges afterwards? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think this season already is, shows how much I've grown uh, in the past couple of years that I was in Slovakia, because when I was here the first time, I think that a lot of people recognized that I had some talent and I, I had some abilities that could make me stand out. But it was not always consistent and also little things about the game were not as refined. But by being in Slovakia for two years, I would say that mentally I've, I've become a lot more disciplined, a lot more focused. And even coming back to Hungary at the start of this summer, I, I, I wasn't really like a starter in the first few matches or in the preseason because I came a little bit late. And mm. I also um, had to get in shape and be at the level that the team required. So that was not easy. But I think that in the past, had I been in that situation, Maybe I would have been disappointed and discouraged and just maybe zoned out mentally. But um, for me, I was like, okay, I have two choices to relax and just kind of mentally zone out and I'll be in this situation regardless or just improve as much as I can. And if I have a chance to step on the field, just give my best effort. And so far, that's been enough for me. Um, I, in every match, I'm always really focused and try to tell myself, okay, if you give the best effort, maybe you're not going to score, but that's not the problem. Just do what you can control. And it, it's been enough for me so far. I want to continue like that too. And also focus on little things, but just be at like a mental state of, I'm going to focus on what's what I'm in control of and leave the rest. It's interesting to see a player come back to the club that they started their career at. What made it feel um, like it was the right decision to go back to Hungary? Well, well I think that um, the way I left Slovakia was a little bit difficult. I had a little bit of a problem with the club and maybe a miscommunication. I kind of expected to stay for the third year in Slovakia. And I think on the last day of my contract, they said, oh, actually, we're, uh, we don't want to extend the contract, you know. So it put me in a little bit of a different, difficult situation because if I knew earlier, uh, I could have stayed home and then I could have prepared to go from the U.S. back directly to a new team. Um, there were also teams that came for me earlier in the summer and I told them, no, I cannot come because I have one more year of the contract. So I was very frustrated by that. And um, I knew that it was a little bit late in the, in the transfer window to begin looking for different teams. And I said, okay, this team, the coach, talked with me directly. I liked the philosophy he had, and I felt like it was a place where I could really progress and continue what I had started already doing in Slovakia. So that's why I came back, and I can definitely see that it was a good decision this far. Yeah, I think that's been a very important thing. I mean, even see at this level, um, and like you said, some things may happen. There might be miscommunications and stuff, but being under the impression that one thing is going to happen, you're going to your contract extended that for the extra year and then coming back and, and being in this state of unknown again, really just like what's going to happen. You know, there's not much time. This is the time when I guess you don't panic and make the best out of the situation that you can. And I feel like you, I feel like you've really done that and, and really took it in stride to be back in a place where you do know, and you know, you've, you've been around, but you come back with so much more experience now, so much more, 
perhaps mental strength going through all of these things and being able to attack, being able to score more goals and, you know, approach each day in a new and different way. Yeah, I, I that's I agree 100 um, percent. It has been really a blessing for me, but I know that it, it just came from the two years of difficulty I had, which I, I would not advise any young player to suffer for no reason, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. But what I would say is that when you're in a situation that you can't control, that you're not really happy with, those moments can grow you as a player. And for me, it was playing three seasons in my career as like a player that was always a substitute. Or if I started, maybe it would be one game here or there. And uh, it was it was also what happened here. But the only difference is that the mindset really changed. And now you can see that if I'm focused or if players are focused on just doing their best, then they have a better chance of breaking into the position they want and getting to the goals they want. So I would say it's just maturity through experience. And I'm thankful again for that. And like we spoke about earlier in the podcast, Hungary, Slovakia, these are beautiful countries. They have a lot to offer, but you don't hear many Americans going over there and making homes in these country. Now, uh, any advice you have to those uh, who are looking to make a bit of an unusual path? I mean, I could speak for it. I played in Mongolia, so can relate a bit, um, but something to take, you know, an off the beaten path uh, and maybe to not be afraid of the unknown and embrace it. Yeah, that that's uh, I, I would you said it actually perfectly. This is the same that I would share as well because if I had based my decision to come here off of what I knew about Hungary or Slovakia, then I definitely would not have come. Uh, I would have been really unsure and I would not have felt comfortable. But being here, I feel like it was the best decision I could have made. And after the season that I've had so far, and hopefully I can continue it maybe I'll be at a point where I could have never reached had I not taken that first step into something uh, that I'm unsure of. Do you look back sometimes and, and kind of get that feeling of gratefulness? Like, like just thinking of the younger you and just being like, wow, I'm, I'm a pro, like, this is crazy. Yeah, definitely. I, I also have a lot of friends and also, uh, just different people that I grew up with that wanted to also play professionally and they haven't had the chance to do that and they've had to stop for whatever reason. And it also reminds me that I, I should be very thankful for what I'm doing. A lot of people go to work and they don't enjoy their jobs or they're not really happy with where they're at. And I can't really say that that's the case for me right now because this is what I aspired to do as a kid. And it's uh, there's very few people out there that have a passion that they're able to pursue every day. And uh, yeah, this is the biggest thing for me. Um, I cannot be unthankful for this. Well said. Really well said. I mean, just piggybacking off that, reflecting on the journey right now, what things would you say helped you to get to this moment? So I guess in other words, why did you make it as a a professional? For me, I think it's, you you could say it's luck a little bit or uh, for me personally I'm, I'm fo- I believe in God you know and I think that everything happens for a reason so I feel like there's a reason for me to be here and I want to do my best with the time that I'm here and that's the way I look at it but I, I definitely can't invite, advise when people ask me to get a girlfriend that lives in a country in Europe or something <laughs> and try, to, try to work out a contract because it's not it's not a normal route you know yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I've just gone with God basically, go, I've been going with the flow, and uh, I, I'm always going to adapt to whatever situation I'm in and just try to do my best. And when I'm at peace and I know that everything is happening for a reason, there's a purpose to all of this, just give your best. And it's something that gives me some peace of mind, and it, it helps me to just continue trying my best, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Love that. And with that, I mean, we'll get into our fast feet round, but it's out there. It's possible to have a girlfriend that yeah. plays basketball and gets here. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> Anything's possible. Anything's Anything possible. possible. Yeah, so with that, nice. little quick fire questions. Favorite player growing up? I had a lot, honestly. I, I'd say the first was Ronaldinho, but I, I, I switched every couple of years. It was Ronaldinho, then uh, Messi, then Neymar, then Ibrahimovic, all of them. But first yeah. Ronaldinho for sure. First Ronaldinho. I feel like a lot of us have the first Ronaldinho answer for sure. Yeah. Favorite moment in football? 
that would be beating AC Milan. We played them this summer and beat them 3-2 in a friendly. And it, yeah. was, uh, it was really crazy for me, honestly, because they had a lot of fans, even for a friendly match. And, like, uh, we're a team in Hungary. Nobody expects us to be the champions of Italy. But the coach, like I said, is really focused. And, yeah, I, I'm thankful. I'll live with that That's forever. Awesome. What a moment. Most difficult moment? Probably the beginning of this summer. You know, when I left my team in Slovakia and was uncertain about where I would go next, just because I didn't really know what to expect. And I was really stressed because I left in a way that was kind of difficult for me to process. But I'm yeah. thankful that I, I was able to get to the place where I'm at now. It's crazy how quick the game of soccer or football can change like that, from being yeah. good to being bad to being really good again. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I think from the time I signed with Zalagrasek to the time we beat AC Milan was like... 10 days. Wow. Days. That's insane. Your most difficult moment, your best moment, 10 days, man. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't dwell on it, people. You, you know, you never know what's coming. You never know what's coming. Opportunities come right around the door. Exactly. Yeah. How about best advice you ever received? Probably just to stop thinking. I, I heard it from a lot of different people, but my uh, my former coach in university, Stuart Flaherty, was he he talks with me always. He gave me that advice: don't overthink things, just do your best and believe it. Best player you've ever played with and against? With I had a teammate in Slovakia who plays at Red Star Belgrade in Serbia now, and for the Guinean national team, Osman Bukari. He's He's not well-known right now, maybe, uh, but he's, for me, he's the best because he's extremely quick, extremely technical, talented, and I, uh, I watch him now. He's been in Red Star, and they've had some success in Europa League, but for sure, with the Guinean national team, I think his career is only going to go up. Uh, against, that would definitely be Rafael Liao. When we played the guy, I was, I was amazed. He's my height. He's like six foot four, strong but he's the fastest dribbler I've ever seen. And it looked like he was taking it easy too, which is kind of strange. So, yeah, I think everyone in foot who watches football knows about him now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, if you weren't a footballer, what would you be? It's a tough question. I, uh, like I said, I studied engineering, but I didn't really enjoy it so much. So I would have wanted to do something related to sports. Maybe I would want to become like um, – like an agent or something, or like a, you know, eventually to become like a sports director of a club or a coach mm -hmm. or something, but it would have been quite difficult, I think. So, yeah, that, that would have been a dream, another way to achieve my goal, but yeah, it's, it's really hard to tell. We'll see yeah. in 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what about favorite book? Favorite book. There's a book that I read in university called The Servant, and it, it talks about like um, the best way for people to, the best way to be a leader is to serve other people and put other people in front of you. And it really opened my eyes to something unique because I feel like a lot of times now when we think of leaders, we think of people that are, you know, big, tough, strong, and scary, but it opened my eyes to see that you can have an influence on the people around you just by putting in effort uh to help them and to show that you care in a lot of different ways and yeah it definitely changed the way i think about a lot of things love that sean just made a nice little yeah, note i made a note. We always take the books that we don't <laughs> know and we we add them to a list gotta gotta read them all oh, how about okay. how about any quote or mantra that you live by i mean i i guess you could say like a bible verse i say mm -hmm. my favorite is all things have work together for the good of those who love him and, you know, for me, this is it gives me peace of mind to just say, like, all right, trust God and just do whatever I can do my best. Couldn't really? be more That's great advice. Amazing episode. Amazing conversation. We want to thank you so much for coming on. We can't wait to follow the career, follow the season. Hopefully Hungary, Hungary's top leading score. But we'll Hopefully. see. Everything happens for a reason, like we said. But thanks again for coming on. Uh, all the best. And we hope to see you again soon. No problem. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. All right, we're back with guests. Another great one. It's been a while. Yep.
And yep. I'm happy we're it's back. Very happy to be back with guests. I feel I feel in our in our zone with guests. Yeah. We can really kind of, you know, even with someone we've never met before, um, just able to just take so much and connect in that way, and you know, take so many similarities and some differences because obviously every path is unique, and I think that's one of the main focuses of this podcast. Obviously, with a, with our, you know, make your own path motto, but. For him, I mean, a lot of the things that stood out for me is one, I mean, he's super grateful. I mean, he knows he's in a position that's just a lot of people don't get to do often. They don't get to live their dream out. They don't get to wake up and live their dream every day. And another one was just his ability to keep it simple. Like, I just feel like that's been his major growth component over the years abroad is that when he can shrink it down to keeping it simple, whether it's goal scoring, getting the right areas and not overcomplicating it, getting the simple goals so that the more difficult things, the more confidence comes to him or keeping it simple in training, keeping it simple off the field. And just from, you know, his goals, like his ability to make goals for the next season, for this season, I just feel like everything has been brought back to this little bit more singular level and he's been able to really catapult from it. And it's great to see. Yeah. Well said. And it's awesome to see that his his most difficult and his best moment were ten days apart. That's sick. Dude. And, I love and, that. I mean, I that's love the, that. the highs and lows of this. It's brilliant. But exactly, it's like he was at he was in that limbo moment where he didn't have a club. The window's already open. It's always difficult to find clubs that late. And then mm-hmm. you know, a week goes by, ten days go by, and he beats the Italian champions. Uh, I mean, it's you can't ask for it better. No. Yeah, I mean, that just shows you. And, and we say it here and we hear about it. And as football players and, and people in, in any realm of life, any career, that low moment comes and that like scary feeling of the unknown and the fear and everything. But it could just come in 10 days. It could yeah. just flip like that if you do the, the the right things, if you take an opportunity. You know, I think some people may have been like, because obviously you have a, a career trajectory that we want to do, right? We always want to be going further and going up. And so taking the Slovakia deal, he saw it as a way to develop and really develop in, amongst uh, an academy or amongst a club that was known for developing players. So we probably thought that would catapult him to somewhere even higher, you know, quote unquote. But sometimes it's just that's not on the cards. you got to play the cards sometimes yeah. that are dealt and making the best out of it in 10 days he played ac milan now he's up there for a golden he's in the golden boot race and the hungrian premier division the first tier yeah you know i mean that's that's the mindset that can just flip you and if you have to take something that's not you know skyrocketing you to the next level because this might this might be right taking exactly. this may help him do that We'll see. And, and but I it's love not that. like he, he planned that route. It was ultimately, it could be his his best jump, even though it seems sideways mm-hmm. or even backwards. This could then potentially lead to the next move. And and like you said, that quote at the end, it's like you never know kind of what's around the corner, what opportunity is going to lead to yeah. what. And in the moment, it was terrible that he didn't have a club and they let him go on the last day. And then you know now he's having a phenomenal season and, and hopefully continues that. And then we'll see what happens after the the end of this maybe chelsea will sign him <laughs> oh i mean <laughs> yeah. <goal> <laughs> yeah i love that though we'll see i mean he's still such a young guy still got so much career ahead of him the mentality seems to be there i mean the love is there for the game so i think sky's the limit and you know we'll be watching and make sure you guys you know check him out make sure you follow him on instagram make sure you follow the team you know keep up with him keep up with those Yanks abroad, um, you never know. The skies, you know, they can reach the the heights. So yes. I think that's it. I mean, I, I yeah, I'm I'm that. really glad to be back with guests, and very. We'll see who comes next. It's been too long. With that, keep plugging and passing. Subscribe on YouTube, yeah. Apple Podcasts, Spotify reviews, five stars. All of that does help. News, um, news and we appreciate newsletter. Um, the people. With consultations, uh, you have any questions you want to ask us, just sign up on our website. We are doing those weekly as always. Um, and yeah, just reach out if you have any questions, any guests, recommendations. Always send us a message. We are open to hearing anything. Yeah, and if you have questions for us and you want them answered on the pod or you want to answer them privately or whatever, 
you know, we're always open. We want to help people and especially in this or in any, any realm of, of job or opportunity. If, if you want to kind of hear our thoughts on something and see how we can kind of break something down, you know, we love to talk about things on the pod. So yeah, we'll see. Exactly. So with that, until next time, keep moving forward, keep learning and make your own path. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. And Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos. Those are great. But more importantly, amazing content for any dream chasers out there. Plug, plug, pass. Tell your friends, your enemies, your mother, your brother, your sister, your pastor. It doesn't matter who. Tell the mailman, your dog, anybody that can listen. Like, subscribe, review, because all of that helps while you're there. We'll take whatever we can get to join the club. Join the club. He messed yeah. me up. I mean, he can just he can just mash it together, so it's fine. <laughs>